0: whoever and wherever you are.
1: You're listening to We Hate Small Talk with Cindy and Emin. Welcome back to another episode of We Hate Small Talk. This week we have something pretty fun, pretty different from our last episode. Um, We will be talking all about partying and our philosophies on partying and sharing some stories you know we both went to Western University and it has a certain reputation for being Canada's party school and we are here to confirm or deny this said reputation exactly
0: we have a a very chaotic conversation planned for today and I think it's gonna be interesting sharing all of our wild days and our relationship with spicy water. But first, just to go off our title, if you don't know what the heck Asian Glow is, and it's not a drug name. Do
1: you mind sharing what that is, Eamon? Yes, Cindy. So according to a scientific website, some Asians (laughs) have a natural condition commonly known as Asian glow. About 50% of the Asian population experience this phenomenon, um, where they usually have symptoms such as flushing of the neck and face and their cheeks and this will result in a heightened heart rate headache and nausea even after consuming as little as one alcoholic drink
0: yeah so in probably less scientific terms like your body can't handle alcohol so it's basically telling you through these symptoms that you're low-key being poisoned but when has that ever stopped anyone from consuming more but i actually wanted to ask you this because i want to know Eman, do you get asian glow
1: i fortunately do not experience asian glow i think sometimes if i am about to really hit that blackout point you'll probably see me a bit redder than normal, but I am fortunate enough not to experience it. But I also think there are downsides, which mean that people don't think you're drunk enough. But yeah, how about you, Cindy?
0: Okay, I feel like it's hard to tell for girls anyways, because we usually wear makeup or foundation that hides how, you know, red our face is. But I also don't get Asian glow. Um, And I actually get a little paler the more I drink, which is really... really strange honestly uh but uh, like you said i feel like it's super dangerous if you don't have asian glow because no one can ever tell you're like fucked out of your mind until you hit that breaking point and you just need to tap out for the rest of the night
1: yeah exactly or like go to the washroom throw up and then come back a new person (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah ready to go again but okay before we get more into our embarrassing stories I feel like you shared that out of personal experience but I actually want to start off with talking about our experiences with partying and drinking growing up, as well as our exposure to this so-called party culture, and then kind of end off with all of our tipsy shenanigans and memories of our good old times at the UWO.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds good, and I guess the first question that I have for you is, when was your first encounter with spicy water?
0: Yeah, so the spicy water, and I met when I was relatively young, Um, (laughs) it was a thing in Asian households where your parents or like your relatives will dip their chopstick into like a drink for you to try a little bit of and I feel like it really damaged my IQ potential because I could have been at Harvard if that didn't happen (laughs) Um, but yeah my first memory is actually strangely enough drinking the foam off of the beers at Mm. um, my dad's work party and okay so the thing is I had been exposed to like soda and pop another reason of why I'm stunted growing and then (laughs) and I literally thought it was like soda and so it was such a good time for me like just drinking the top fizz part off of everyone's drink and then my parents told me by the end of the night I was just sitting there by myself like swaying and just mumbling gibberish and they thought it was the most adorable thing and I was like dude I was so young y'all should have got me checked out by a doctor like what if I damaged something
1: for real. How old were you when you were drinking off
0: the fizz of beers? Oh my god, like three or four. Like genuinely way too young. (laughs) Yeah. Way too young to be drinking soda in general and also beer. So That's actually
1: insane. Literally,
0: yeah. But it was like I didn't know it was alcohol and no one stopped me. Clearly someone should have been watching the children, but they were too busy getting lit off in adult land, so yeah there I was wrecking havoc
1: (laughs) oh my god okay but then what was your real like alcohol experience like the first time you had at least one alcoholic drink in one sitting
0: okay knowingly what Mm -hmm. alcohol was at that point I think probably grade 10 and I don't know if that's young or like old depending on like everyone else's ages but I feel like I had a friend that <laughs> liked to throw parties, and I remember it was Halloween, and she had an older brother that would buy her alk, and I t- started taking shots like a basic bitch, and I started out taking shots of goose, so that's how you know I was, you know, pampered. That she bougie. Her family bougie, her brother bougie, so, you know, we were treated well, and that's what I thought alcohol was supposed to taste like um so and then you got to first year and only drank Smirnoff oh no and then I got to the next party and I realized (laughs) not all spicy water is alike but yeah so we were doing like shots and it was honestly terrible but also not that bad because thank god my parents genetics meant that they're both like able to drink a lot especially my mom dude Jessica (laughs) I'm pretty sure she was like a party hoe when she was like younger but I have like (laughs) pretty good genetics to set up a foundation for me.
1: Wow. I I am very happy for you. I I feel like (laughs) I got introduced to alcohol pretty old then compared to you because, Mm -hmm. okay, so to preface, growing up, if you haven't figured this out already from listening to our episodes, i grew up very straight edge and i like always played by the rules of the book and like if my parents told me not to do something i would listen to them you know like i was that kid that like followed the rules and so i remember also always having like this bad view of alcohol in middle school because In middle school, we had health class, okay? Mm. And we would do projects on a different kind of drug. You pick your drug and then you do a whole like, remember when we had those poster boards? We would do a whole poster (laughs) board of like what that drug did and its effects on your body. And for me, I picked alcohol as my drug of choice. (laughs) And so I researched how it like damaged your liver and caused or gave you higher chances of getting all these kinds of diseases. And so when I was in middle school and like early high school, I didn't even have an interest in drinking. And whenever my parents drank, I would never ask to have a sip of it because I was like, this is bad for you. So mm. I was like, never curious. And then my first encounter with an alcoholic drink mm-hmm. was actually at work. I was. <laughs> I was. We're- I was 16, okay, and it was my very first summer internship, and of course, I was working for free as an intern at this, um, like, boutique consulting company, and...
0: Of course she was, you know, setting the foundation.
1: Setting up myself for <laughs> my career. No, but um yeah, so I remember like my last day of the internship, they brought out a bottle of champagne and they were like, mm-hmm. you know, today's Eman's last day. We're going to celebrate her summer internship with us, so we're going to like pour the champagne. And at the time, I don't know if they knew I was only 16 or if they just didn't care. <laughs> but i like was like yeah thank you thank you and i drank the champagne that they gave me and it was like you know like a full glass so not only was it my first time but it was like all of it combined together i think it hit me like a brick (laughs) because as i was going home like thank god they did the celebration at the end of the day but as i was like taking the subway home i like felt Mm. so dizzy on my way home and i like felt like the ground was spinning under me (laughs) and that was my first encounter with alcohol
0: um yeah i feel like bubbly definitely gets you in the head and you immediately feel lightheaded because if you down that too quickly it just i don't know if it's about the bubbles but it just goes straight to your head genuinely so yeah yeah wow look at you getting day drunk oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's interesting. We both had our first experiences with alcohol before university because I think personally that that's so important to do that and really test your limits with people, you know, because I definitely know of a lot of like people that didn't do that in um, high school. And I'm not saying you should go out and drink, but it's just like, you know, be safe and test what your tolerance is. Because people that just went so hard so quickly as soon they as they got into that uni partying environment, a lot of them ended up having their stomachs pumped or had a really bad time because they just didn't know how much alcohol they could take. And mm-hmm. that's a huge no-no. Like, always stay safe, kids. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I remember the first week of university when we were in first year, we had O-week mm. and all the people said, oh, this is going to be a dry O-week because we're all underage. Because no one was 19 at that point unless like you did grade 13 or you took a year off so um I remember like you weren't technically supposed to be drinking but for some reason (laughs) the ambulance was called to my res every night that week and someone had to go to the hospital or get their stomach pumped or something because they had gone too hard And it's funny that like our university made it such a big emphasis to make it a dry all week and like literally no one followed that.
0: Well, I mean, well, first of all, um, our residences were facing each other (laughs) so I could hear the ambulance sirens just go by. And I honestly like saw that and I was like, oh, these people are getting way two over their heads and I said that I was, I was also drinking um, in a lot of parties <laughs> and you know uh, where you formed her first impression of me was at a res party and so yeah um, really me pot calling the kettle black but it's really really strange that you know Western was a school that wanted to have such an enforced dry a week because as we've mentioned before its reputation kind of precedes itself on this party culture or, like, this, like, super hardcore dynamic, at least in comparison to a lot of other universities,
1: right? Yeah, exactly, and I honestly think because I was so straight edge in high school, like, I never went to a party in high school until grade 12 Mm. and you say like you went to your first party like in grade 10 and I think like that probably exposes you to more scenarios where you can like test your limits Mm -hmm. but for me I definitely think that I didn't really test my limits before university so Mm -hmm. I think that it did lead me to not really know what my limit was and how to drink responsibly but also because I was still a little straight edge I would never push it that far to the point where I'd like have to go to the hospital
0: um I feel like that's defamation because I was a very responsible drinker as well um (laughs) and I just want to put it out there that I never went to the hospital um did I throw up a couple times yes trial and error but you know I was pretty pretty safe as well but probably because I was exposed to it more in high school I think it also toned down my volition to party like and that Mm. like drive a lot of people had that wanted to get crazy in university or something, and it almost sounds like I'm bragging, but it's because like you know, after going through that in high school already and just going to even like a couple of parties, like kind of get tired of that dynamic pretty quickly, and mm-hmm. just i I think I kind of remember like a week like everyone was like having such a hardcore time, but I was just like, once you go to one party, the other ones are all the same, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: exactly, I completely agree with that, like I think that for me. I also am not the type of person to like thrive in like a house party environment Mm. honestly I think I get more like shy in that kind of environment and I like want to just stick to the people that I know like I'm not trying to like meet new people and like socialize so I feel like (laughs) going to like a res party back then I was like definitely outside of my comfort zone Mm,
0: interesting how the roles were reversed during that first year where I was more extroverted and like doing things like this, Inman was more introverted. Wow, look at us now, complete opposites of who we used to be. (laughs) But I guess like for you, because you were so straight edge and you kind of played within the rules, were you hesitant about coming to Western knowing that it had a reputation for things like this?
1: Yeah, it's actually really funny that you asked that question because I think when I was choosing my reses, I purposely chose the ones that I had thought were not party residences. (laughs) And honestly, that just means I didn't do my proper research because
0: yeah for those
1: of you who don't know like i got placed in a first-year residence called medsid and <laughs> i didn't know anything about medsid so i chose it and put it as number two on my list because oh god i was like yeah like the rent's pretty cheap my first choice was oh hall mm-hmm. of course like that was everyone's first choice because of just how nice the building was yeah like my second choice is medsid because i didn't know anything about it but like it seemed like a nice historical looking residence <laughs> historical did you you mean damaged (laughs) with the amount of partying that was done
0: in that residence i like i was surprised that i was still standing up straight Um, i know
1: i know but like from the outside it looks so quaint and like hogwarts like like they had quads and like i was like wow this is beautiful but yeah lo and behold i get there and i discover that it is western's like number one party residence and yeah definitely during that year yeah during that year for sure not like maybe two years ago that was probably sagin but it was insane the amount of parties we would have every single night like not just thursday friday saturday and sunday but like monday tuesday wednesday too it was so (laughs) loud and like there was always a party going on if not on our floor somewhere in the building and Mm. I remember in a week and like the first like couple weeks of September we would rotate between all these different parties going on and honestly I felt so outside of my comfort zone like I didn't necessarily think it was fun I just like went because everyone else was going but I was definitely Mm. overwhelmed because I went from a fish that had like never swam to swimming in the freaking ocean
0: (laughs) That is a very good analogy. Yeah, I feel like if you didn't have that kind of backing in high school and then you directly get dropped into such a chaotic environment, like, I cannot believe you survived. I
1: can't believe I survived either. I feel like that put some hairs on your chest. but I think it definitely like set me up for party success for the rest of my years. <laughs> yeah. Like like throw anything at me, I can take it. Yeah, not
0: even phased at that point because once you've seen what goes on in one of those res parties for the future years, you're like, uh, I've been through worse,
1: like way worse. yeah and I guess like because we're talking about how we were as high schoolers with partying and drinking and now our experiences with it what is your relationship with it and how do you feel about it
0: I think definitely like didn't see alcohol as such a huge sin um I thought it was like a great social tool for you to like integrate into like new cliques or like get to know people so I always saw it as more of a social activity and I never went to parties because I liked to party or drink per se. I kind of saw it as a means to an end because you know, maybe I can meet some really cool friends there. Um, in the case of like starting university and you knew like you're in a new environment, it's rather difficult to like get to know people in class because you're in class, right? So this is kind of the only other like outing you could have to meet huge groups of new people at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then I think maybe this is a little unhealthy. Actually it's pretty unhealthy, but I have kind of like a all in or nothing mentality for a lot of things. And like it's transitioned to like partying in general as well. Because I hate doing that over and over again i pick and time when i go out so i can get the most out of the occasion or the situation so it's always like go hard or go home because once i decide oh tonight i'm going out it's like the whole shebang like i'm gonna get dressed up like you need to figure out where the biggest party is or like make sure i had like the biggest impact (laughs) i could (laughs) And that's honestly come to bite me in the ass. The
1: biggest ROI.
0: Yeah, because, you know, alcohol is expensive, especially when you have a high tolerance. That's not very economical, okay? (laughs) But yeah, no, I I would definitely, like, as we'll probably later share in shit that we've been through. Like, that's been a very unhealthy outlook I've had. And I think that's, like, slightly changed now where I'm like, oh, drink in moderation. Like, you don't need to be drunk to have a good Mm -hmm. time. And that's literally just because my body can't
1: take it anymore. (laughs) oh my gosh yeah like I would definitely agree with you on the social integration aspect like I think that was the biggest driving force for me to go out and party in university Mm -hmm. like in first year I remember um that was a huge way for you to meet new people like every time you went to a party you would like meet someone new you guys would add each other on snapchat when that was still a thing or like you know like add each other on instagram and like That was how you, like, made your first friends. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, I think that for me, yeah, like, I still think it is about social integration. I think that because we both went to business school and what a lot of business students tend to do for fun is to go clubbing. Like, I think that that was a huge part of my university experience because, like, we had a tradition. Like, every Thursday frog Thursday we would go out to the club and then sometimes on Saturdays we would go out too and then in the summers it was like every single Friday we would go out to the club downtown Toronto so I think that because like my entire friend group was into that and we used that as a form of seeing each other every single week and keeping in touch Mm -hmm. I definitely see my relationship with partying and drinking as like a means to social interaction and i think that because a lot of the times like to have fun in those spaces where it's like crammed the music is loud and sometimes your friends want to go to a place that isn't playing your type of music so you're like the only way i'm gonna have fun at this place is if i literally go hard or go home like if i'm not blackout drunk i'm gonna like hate this Mm -hmm. club yeah. So I definitely like also agree with the go hard and go home mentality. But now that we're 22, we're aged, we're no longer in university, I don't think my body can handle it anymore. And I would much rather just have like a chill wine night with the girls, like one glass, that's it, and not have a hangover the next day. Whereas like before, we would probably be like downing a whole bottle of hard liquor and then like blacking out and then the next day taking Tylenol. And recovering.
0: Yeah, like literally first year of me was a fucking machine. Like she was a monster. Like she would party and like literally throw back a Gatorade before class and still make it to class the next day in the morning. And I genuinely don't know how I did that. And like, I don't think I used to get hangovers because, you know, our bodies were just so young and like absolute machines. Like you could put trash in it and it would still work. But now I'll sleep a little wrong and like my back will hurt the next day. (laughs) Like it's just really really went downhill. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, I completely agree. Like, especially in third year when we had to go clubbing on Thursday nights and then still make it to 8 a.m. the next day. Like, I remember, like, I would see you sometimes barely making it or just, like, skipping the first 8 a.m. on Fridays because you went too hard on Thursdays.
0: Yeah, and see, that's another reason of why the zero or 100 mentality is so terrible because you're determined to make it an occasion. Like, you'll try to do everything, and that's so impossible if you still want to be functional the next day. But like, it's also, I think, a side effect of the competitive environment that we were in. Like, because during the day, there's so much competition in business school and it's a lot of like I wouldn't say like strenuous work but it's a lot of like thought and you had to like navigate a lot of stuff fake shit yeah uh, you have to put up a front yeah I want to say it gently but yeah you had to be such a fake bitch um during daylight hours that sometimes you just needed to let loose at night okay like
1: <laughs> oh my god yeah like I think that the business culture that we were in was definitely not healthy Like the fact that we even had our tradition to go out on Thursday nights was unhealthy because it's setting your, yourself up for failure on Friday mornings and oh yes and like how do you expect to like still do really well in school and keep up like that social interaction and do everything with everyone you know
0: yeah but because like I think business especially like this whole entire industry is so relationship space like you oftentimes had to prioritize that because if you didn't go out with your friends On a Thursday, not only would you get FOMO, but you would miss out on a lot of like conversations, on bonding time, trying to get close to new people. Like it was just honestly, you did like a cost benefit analysis in your head and you're like, yeah, I know I'm gonna feel like shit and I'll be an absolute train wreck, but would I rather miss it? And sometimes, especially in the beginning, we're trying to get to know everyone you kind of have to be that yes man and just say yes, which is definitely very unhealthy. Like, it's not that you were like actually forced to go, but there's a lot of external pressure telling you that if you miss it, it's going to be really bad.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's very unhealthy, especially for people who don't drink. Like, there are so many Mm -hmm. people who either don't like drinking or just don't want to participate in that kind of culture, and there's no really set um, routine activity in the program that we were in that allowed people like that to get to know each other like or get to know their entire class in like a non-alcoholic mm-hmm. environment and so you kind of had to be that party animal to do well in our program at least socially right which yeah. I think is also toxic because everyone has different values and ways to have fun. So determining only one set way to have fun and get to know someone is kind of wrong.
0: Yeah, exactly. And honestly, sometimes I would choose to simply go to the pre because that's where the most like talking gets done and that's where you meet the most people right like versus actually making it to the bar um as the second trip because sometimes girl i could not even make it to the bar and you know there's no shame in saying that (laughs) because i got what i wanted i hanged out with the people i met we had drinks and then i took an uber home and i was happy i didn't have to like you know end up going to the second part of the outing which is like the actual club because it's loud it's dirty the drinks are too expensive and honestly genuinely not a good time
1: (laughs) yeah i agree i also remember like going to just the pre a couple times and like Mm -hmm. forcing myself to go because i was like everyone else in my section is getting to know each other and if i don't go i'm gonna miss out and i'm gonna feel bad and i'm paying thirty thousand dollars for this tuition so might as well go (laughs)
0: yeah and I'm such an advocate for pre's I think like I love that pre-culture like pre-gaming if you guys don't know is that like you meet up together before you go to the bar to just get a little conversation going and like some drinks in you we oftentimes play some very interesting drinking games which I love planning I think like out of my friend circle I'm the one that loves planning and organizing Mm -hmm. the pre because I think it's like the best part of going out yeah
1: I can completely vouch for this I would say like out of everyone that I know you probably plan the most pre's and Mm -hmm. you probably get the most excited about planning pre's I feel like for me if we had to define our roles in the partying <laughs> landscape like you're definitely like the organizer and I'm definitely the mm. participant because I don't know like I feel like I just end there <laughs> and I'm enjoying it but I don't get excited about planning it so like tell us like why do you get so excited about prees? I honestly think it's
0: like this is the whole reason of why I want to go out like I want to hang out with my friends like I want to get like some alcohol down my throat that doesn't cost me like 20 bucks a cocktail and you know they're not mixing it with the good alcohol so (laughs) um and then I think like oh my god the games aspect and planning a fun way to like get your drinks in is like so fun to me like I will literally like as psychotic as this sounds right now like search up and plan new drinking games and I love trying out new games with my friends Oftentimes, they hate it because I mix a lot of hard liquor, um, and (laughs) it usually gets us pretty plastered. And a lot of times, like I've said before, we don't make it to the bar or the club. (laughs) But it's a good night either way because I feel like I accomplished what I wanted to that night. I got pretty, I took some pictures, and I had a great time with my friends.
1: Yeah, I can completely vouch for the fact that your death cup literally terrifies me. (laughs) Like, this girl will... (laughs) take all of the hard liquor that we have in the cabinets like maybe six different kinds and she'll just pour it into one cup all together and then she'll like add like a little tint of like coke in it so not like cocaine like coke the the soda pop drink And so it looks like a brown color and it looks disgusting. And she's like, okay, like let's play stack up and whoever loses has to drink this whole thing. Yeah, we've also played games like drink roulette
0: where you play with all clear liquids and they're either like soju, Malibu, vodka, gin or like there's one usually shot of water. And after you play a game, like the winners draw which cups they want to take and it's so fun like that excitement of not knowing what drink you're gonna get (laughs) honestly talking about it now like you can see that i'm like hyped up and i'm like i want to go back to that time like as soon as we get vaccinated i am planning more pre's
1: i can't believe you just described that as fun because to me that is the most terrifying situation you could put me in (laughs) like hell no i am not drinking that.
0: (laughs) but, like, where's your streak of adventure? Like, and, you know, daredevil swashbuckling, like, Emin, where are you?
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't know. I feel like I just like knowing what I'm putting into my body, you know, like, health is wealth, and sometimes yes. I just don't like consuming liquids that I don't know <laughs> what it is. Yeah, Um. for reference, Eman's like, quintessential meal
0: is salmon with a salad and that is like literally the opposite of what I eat so she treats her body like a temple and every time we preach she's drinking her little like cooler or you know she's occasionally taking one or two shots with the rest of us animals but usually she's very careful (laughs)
1: I feel like I was always running low on alcohol, and you always had alcohol, and so, like, if I was drinking oh, yes. a little bit, it was because I literally just didn't have any other options. Yeah, Lickbo took a lot
0: of my money, and, you know, honestly, Lickbo Halls... Why are you calling it Lickbo? Yeah. No one calls it Lickbo. Dude, what do you mean? Everyone calls it Lickbo. Everyone says LCBO, okay? That's Safe so is. many syllables. <laughs> like, if you're an influencer you would call it a lickbo haul yeah i honestly bought like the biggest bottle of like vodka they had and i would just go through that bottle because i'm gross and a monster and if you haven't taken which host um are you on our instagram page we made a quiz and you'll see one of the questions directly correlates to this oh my gosh (laughs) subtle plug right there Okay, so I think we've definitely given everyone like a pretty... Clear or, you know, maybe murky picture of what we're like and our um, partying aesthetic. But we did give a little sneak peek in the husband hunting episode, I think, about what we're like after we drink. And to add an interesting twist to that, we're going to first say what we think each other are like uh, after we drink. So I'll tell Yimin what she's like, and then she'll say the same for me. And then we can confirm or deny. And I think it'd be interesting to see if there's like a discrepancy because I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what I am like externally to other people. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I can go first for this because as Cindy mentioned, when she drinks, she makes it an occasion. Like, she (laughs) plans for this occasion a week in advance. Like, you know that she has been Googling those pre-games. She already has her outfit planned. She knows the makeup look she's doing. So I feel like two hours before the drinking even occurs, the persona comes out okay you see Cindy becoming more outgoing more extroverted she's knocking on everyone's doors are you ready yet go get ready go let's do our makeup and she will definitely become a more outgoing and even dare I say aggressive version of herself because she starts mixing those drinks together for the pre you know she has the death cup ready to go she's taunting people you ready to drink this you're gonna drink this And so I think that she's definitely a more outgoing version of herself. And then once she actually starts drinking and uh, the alcohol starts, you know, going into her blood flow and she starts to feel it, I think that that persona continues. And I would say that she honestly is just more daring and bold. So she's more willing to talk to new Mm. people. If new people approach her, she's not going to be thinking, ew, who are you? She's probably going to be thinking... (laughs) wow like let me give this person a chance like let me continue the conversation and see where this goes and you know by the end of the night like she doesn't return home and you think where is she
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah the night never ends semen it just continues until the next morning And oh my gosh, I would have to say that is pretty accurate. And I didn't realize my persona came out so early on in the night, because like, as Zeman usually knows, if I'm at home, I am silent, I'm in my room, I'm usually like watching a show or just like eating snacks or something, I'm super quiet. But then on the days that we've decided and planned that we were going out, because it takes me so much social battery to even like muster myself out the door, I have to like almost pump myself up before the thing even starts. Like I'm literally like looking at myself in the mirror, like you're going to do this bitch. Like you're going to have a good time tonight. You can do this and you kind of have to like pump yourself up before the alcohol kicks in and does that for you. And yeah, honestly, alcohol makes me like grossly extroverted. And I think it just makes me like a more sparkly person in general, because I'm not like dry and like blunt about things because it'll just reduce my thinking capabilities. (laughs) yeah exactly thinking and judging (laughs) yeah oh my god okay so for you yemen when you're sober sometimes you can come across a little bit fake i thought you're gonna say you can come across a little drunk um that too she's just quirky like that okay (laughs) she doesn't need alcohol okay like literally (laughs) she's drunk on life um no but she she's like a little she's like that quintessential business kid, you know, like, she's networking, she's, like, doing her fake (laughs) laugh, and, you know, she's everyone's best friend, but I feel like when you drink or get a little bit of that liquid courage inside you, like me, you get a little bit more bold and a little bit more adventurous, I would say. Like, you are willing to say the shit that you had inside your head but, you know, was too nice to say when you were, like, sober. But now you'll just say it without any inhibition. And it's just, it's really fun to be with that Yemin because she's always down to do anything. And she's, like, thinking of an idea. as like, hey, want to go dance on that table? Or some <laughs> crazy shit like that. Like, she'll just do it. And it's, like, almost like she wants to just, you only live once and truly, like, live once. Oh, my God. But also, you take a bit to work up to that point because unlike me, you can't like muster that like before the pre starts. So, at the start of the pre, she's just a little quiet. She's like trying to like gauge what everyone's doing and like what people are like drinking or whatever. And then like as she starts playing the games and like getting more into it and the vibe, like that's where she'll start going.
1: Yeah, that's funny cuz I <laughs> that's a lot that you notice and I would agree that is pretty accurate and spot on. I think that a lot of the injuries and bruises that I have come from those (laughs) nights out because as you mentioned, yeah, for some reason, elevated surfaces just get to me and I'm like, let me stand on that. And then I just fall. Because it's a stage, Emin. It's meant for you. You are the main character.
0: You are the star. Oh my god, stop.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I would agree. I think our interpretations are pretty accurate and spot on for each other. Mm -hmm,
0: Yeah, but I definitely feel like I amp myself up and then I end up like, like my battery ends up draining by the end of the night. So I'm like less loud and obnoxious as we're like, you know, getting our drunk food in. But you take slower to build up and you can make that last a little longer. Mm. So
1: yeah. yeah, I think for me, like, when I know I'm going out that night, I'm like, not dreading it. But I'm like, <laughs> kind of just like not excited. You know what I mean? Like, I need mm. I need a hype woman like you to get me excited. Because I yeah. think for me, like, I'm a bit reserved at first. And I mm-hmm. I want to assess the situation and know what I'm getting myself into before, Mm -hmm. you know, getting excited.
0: Yeah, even I feel like at Pree's, like, Eamon's more of, like, a watcher. She'll just, like, kind of observe the room a little bit, figure out where she can slot herself in or, like, engage with, like, separate people. I just dive right in and start pumping. Like, I'm like, yo... (laughs) what are we drinking? How much are we drinking? How can we drink even more than what we're doing already?
1: <laughs> yeah, like you're the person that will like go into the center of the room at a pre and I'm the person that will like come in, like take off my shoes, you know, check my phone, <laughs> watch the side, see who else is by themselves. Okay, because I'm a woman on a mission, okay? Like
0: literally I end up talking to a lot of random people that normally probably wouldn't because I'm just like, uh, social interaction. And the next day, like oftentimes people have come up to me and like mention something I did the like night before or like how like now that we're like best friends or something like that. And I like literally I'm like I can't see how we got that close. But also I'm not responsible um for the extroverted version of myself so
1: something that i would love to hear is you know our worst drinking memories because i think that we both have decided that once we're drinking there's never a best drinking memory. Um, they're all just pretty yeah. bad. And so I would love to ask you what your worst one is.
0: Yeah, I think every memory that involves drinking is either bad, terrible, or absolutely disgusting. And um, <laughs> I think not only do I oftentimes embarrass myself because I just can't control my physical body, or I just say shit that I probably shouldn't have said in the first place. Ugh. I can remember one. time where I honestly don't know why it was an occasion but we decided to I think go out and it was pre-planned and so like we had a pre and oh my god by the after the pre I was already pretty smashed I think that night I just took like one of those water bottles and I just did the desk cup except just for myself (laughs) Um, and then I would occasionally offer sips to people and they would smell it and they would just politely refuse and be like no I'm, I'm all set, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, like we went to one of the two bars that we have in London. And I remember just being already getting in pretty sloppy like you know how like there's a certain standard of like how sloppy you want to get before you go into the bar because you're like oh I want to be a little tipsy because I want to have a good time but not so sloppy that I can't control myself I blew right past that during the pre and I think we got more drinks at the bar as soon as we got in and it was just bad on bad and I was with one of my really close friends and she was also like a little bit Overboard, but she still had enough cognitive function to be like, oh, Cindy, you should probably slow the fuck down because, girl, you're gonna end up on the ground. <laughs> and lo and behold, I did. I literally fell right in front of the bouncers at the freaking door and I couldn't get up. <laughs> And it was dead in the middle of winter, so we had already done coat check and our jackets were away, but the bouncers hauled me up and just took me outside and said, you have to go. And my friend was like, oh my God, I have to get our jacket. This bitch is gonna get hypothermia, this is terrible. <laughs> She's also pretty drunk out of her mind, but she had to like get it together for the both of us because I was clearly like lights out, bye bye. Like I'd gone right past that cliff and just fallen to like the bottom. Like I don't remember most of this because I just remember falling And then the next point i had woken up the next day and she was like you were so sloppy she called me an uber shoved me in made sure like i got home i don't even know how i made it up our stairs even like genuinely i think that was like the sloppiest night ever that i had like i can't imagine another night where i was more sloppy
1: did you throw up
0: see the thing is this is what's terrible I can't throw up when I feel like that. You know how like sometimes you're like, let me eject the alcohol so I'll feel Mm -hmm. better. I don't know if it's like an ego thing, but I just can't allow myself to throw up. And that's oftentimes why I feel so crappy the next day because I've retained all of this alcohol. But usually the next day is when my body is like, I can't do this anymore. And so very TMI, please turn off the volume if you don't want to hear this story. But I've like thrown up and pure vodka has come out, like, just clear alcohol, and it burns on the way up. Oh
1: my god, I can almost taste it as you <laughs> said that, and that's disgusting. Yeah, and
0: definitely after that, like, stops getting so sloppy. Honestly, like, I think my body is just a desecrated temple, so at this point, I'm just tr- trying to rebuild and not go so hard with Hard liquor.
1: Yeah, I would agree. How old were you when this happened? Dude, it literally happened like last year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my God. I was like, okay, like first year thing, first year thing. That makes sense. Yeah, of course. For sure. You were 19. That makes sense. No, 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 no. Happened literally last year. (laughs) Like
0: 2020. I'm
1: pretty sure there was like, (laughs)
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a reason why we were going out and why I was in such a celebratory mood, even more so than usual. I honestly can't remember why. Was I with you? No, I don't think so. Because if you were, oh, things could have probably gone another
1: way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, yeah, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> sorry for your loss of your dignity.
0: And oh my god, I found so many bruises on my body the next day because I just fallen or like crashed into things. And it was like, i was like why what what is the purpose of this this is so unhealthy honestly hate that i did this to myself and yeah mm-hmm. it was just terrible
1: i had a bruise that lasted for two and a half years on my right shin this bruise was there for two and a half years because i had fallen one summer oh uh. it was it was there for so long i think now it's like almost faded but yeah, you hurt deep. Wait, now I want to hear like your sloppiest or
0: worst drinking memory.
1: Okay, so it's really hard for me to tell this because obviously I can't really remember most of it. <laughs> <laughs> but...
0: So from third party account, she's pieced together. the. Narrative. Exactly.
1: From third party account, I can piece together what happened. I think I have a couple, but I'll stick to this one. <laughs> And this all happened in first or second year, I can't really remember, but (laughs) basically I was going to a club downtown with my high school friends and we were lining up on New Year's Eve, okay? And this was like the first time on New Year's Eve that I went out to a club, so it was like kind of a big deal Mm. and we were all really excited for this and also because I was in university at the time, I didn't see these high school friends that often, so it was like kind of a big deal and because it was also the first time i and all my friends didn't know that we had to wait in line for like two hours to get in Mm. and just an fyi for those listening who haven't experienced this never go to a club on new year's eve unless you have bought in bottles or you want to get there super early because you will wait in line Mm -hmm. in the dead of winter and it will be a terrible experience for you but thank god i was drunk enough that i do not remember any of it and basically we waited and it was past midnight until we got in so we like didn't even get to do the countdown indoors like we had to do it in line and then once we got in i (laughs) i just threw up on the dance floor like in the center of the dance floor and honestly i don't even remember I don't remember throwing up that's the thing like the the traumatizing parts of the night I have completely like blocked from my brain or just blocked it out but after that happened we got kicked out my entire friend group and I it was also one of the coldest nights recorded in Toronto so we were <sighs> freezing and then my friend had called her dad to pick us up and when we got into his car I like either threw up in his car or out the window I can't really remember but I think that that night was just such a bad experience for me because I was so young and because we had mm-hmm. mixed so many different kinds of alcohol and because I hadn't eaten a proper meal before we went out and so oh, no. all those things added together just made for such a bad night and thank god I threw up like so many times that like the next day I didn't feel incredibly hungover <laughs> but like I think like from that moment I knew like never to go that hard again and to, like eat before and Mm -hmm. it hasn't happened since oh my god yeah glad we all learned from our
0: mistakes um yeah (laughs) honestly i think like everyone has a terrible new year's story about like going to the club or whatever that day is just cursed because what can go wrong will always go wrong And then it will go even worse. I think the one New Year's that we went out, maybe, I had not been able to get into the club, even though I'd bought tickets because they found a flask on me. It was empty. And I was like, it was empty. But then the lady's like, yeah, I know it's empty. That means you drank it. And that means you drank too much alcohol. And I was like, fuck, she got me. And then so I had to stand outside for like 15 minutes more before going in. And then during that time, I dropped my wallet. somewhere and i it was just terrible because then without my wallet i didn't have id and they wouldn't let me in without id right and then it turns out like someone picked it up and then thank god they gave it to the club that we're at and then they gave it back to me and i got in but then i'd lost all the cash that i had in that wallet but honestly the toronto homie took the cash but left my credit card and id so i was like okay you know what yeah let's just pretend i spent that on drinks and it bought me a lesson (laughs) like
1: oh my gosh I think that if anything from these experiences we just learn what not to do next time and honestly I think at this point I don't even know if I want to go clubbing again okay maybe I'm speaking too soon but like I just don't think it's as fun anymore like I remember in fourth year too thinking it just wasn't that fun
0: yeah honestly you get tired and also you get scared (laughs) it's the trauma (laughs) But no, you definitely, like, physically just can't keep up. And then mentally, you're like, oh, my God, I know there's so many issues with this. And also, I know there's so many repercussions to this. Because not only are you, like, incapacitated for, like, the next, like, two days um, to recover... It's also like I don't want to lose control anymore and I would rather have a more relaxed time. And not to say like we're not going to go out because Eamon still owes me a night out um, (laughs) when quarantine ends. So I'm looking forward to that. But it's like everything in moderation Mm -hmm. right like having a
1: good time and being able to remember the good time Mm -hmm. is so important Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) like what's the point of spending fifty dollars on a night that you can't even remember right (gasps) yeah a hundred percent and i think this brings us to the end of this episode like
0: just as a cautionary tale for anyone that's listening never drink on an empty stomach always count your drinks and only go out people you trust
1: yeah exactly there's definitely some scary shit that could have happened to us and thankfully Mm -hmm. we're still alive to this day to tell you these important lessons (laughs) so yeah learn from our mistakes don't go too hard and just know that you're not missing out on anything if you don't want to drink. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like we both use it as a means to social integration, but I think that the trajectory of where our society is going, like who knows when bars and clubs will be normalized again in Canada. And there are so many non alcoholic ways to get to know each other. And I think in mm-hmm. fourth year we discover that through game nights, paint nights, and just like different things that you can do with your friends that are honestly more fun and a better way to get to know your friends. Exactly.
0: And I don't want to bring it back to the name of our podcast, but oftentimes to get actually closer with your friends, you got to talk about some deep shit. And it's hard to do that when you're in a club and the music is so loud, you can barely hear your own thoughts. So
1: I just want to put it out there. Exactly. And I feel like another thing I know that you said this is the end of the podcast episode but like (laughs) another thing I wanted to mention and I realized is the people that I partied with in university they're not my close friends today and Mm -hmm. they're not the ones that during the pandemic um, reached out to me and asked me how I was doing like those aren't the ways to form real bonds with people it's just a way to i guess have fun in the moment and pretend that Mm -hmm. your life is great but it's really just a mask and the real way for you to actually form real friendships is to do you know authentic activities together
0: yeah exactly
1: and that brings us to the real end of this episode
0: thank you all so much for listening to our sloppy stories please don't judge us but also we told you guys and we judge ourselves too come follow us on instagram at we hate small talk where we will keep you updated on our episodes as well as some fun engaging content
1: yeah and if you enjoyed what you heard please hit the follow button so that you get notified as soon as we post and until next time bye